Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Morning, Mike. Oh, hello. What are you glued to, Cameron? Uh, just your screen, unfortunately. Unfortunately? What do you do for a living, well, Cameron? I'm a carpenter. A carpenter, right. So how safe is that for the climate? Well, I work with timber, which is a much more sustainable material rather than concrete. I also but you work with trees that have been cut down then, don't you? It's a sustainable building practice. How is it sustainable if you're killing trees? Because it's regenerative, you can grow trees. Right, well, you can you can grow all sorts of things, can't you? Well, you can't grow concrete. You can. See you, Cameron. Cheerio. That was Cameron. Uh, he grows trees and then cuts them down and then makes things from them. Brilliant. Marvellous. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Hello everybody, welcome back to GOATS. This episode, we have no guests, I know, shock horror, you all thought, that's it, they're gonna be interviewing people every week, but no, you're stuck with us three white men. Yeah, white men! Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it for white men! We are the scum of the earth. And we know it. Um, and talking about scum of the earth, what th- what scummy deeds have uh, you two been up to this week? How have you been? Or oh, actually, no, first, before we talk about our scummy deeds, if you're new around here, um, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on your podcast player of choice. Give us a little cheeky five-star review, even if you think it's shit, just because, like, it will just like really help us in that. And obviously, you're already listening now, so like, might as well just go on, you know, have, have a go. And, um... Definitely make sure that you check out the GOATS Instagram at the underscore GOATS underscore pod because you will find the best, uh, like, year seven homework created artwork you've ever seen in your life. Um, now, I've done that bit, yes, yeah, so let's talk about what scummy D due to you've been up to this week. Have you had a good week? I oh, actually, first, I've had a fantastic week. It was my birthday last week. Um, had a great birthday. Thank you, everybody. But then all my boys got together on Friday. We were recording this on Sunday. Um, we were just going to the pub for a few beers, you know, whatever. No big deal. Um, and 
the boys got together and they bought me probably the best present I've ever been bought, which is the exact copy, the exact limited edition, the exact same Game Boy Color Pokemon Pikachu edition that I had from brand new when I was five years old. And let me tell you, and Pokemon Crystal to fucking play on it. It is the greatest thing of all time. I can't barely see what I'm doing because the screen's tiny and now I'm blind. But I've bought a big magnifying glass. And so it will make it a lot easier. But thanks again to the boys um, because it's fucking sick and I absolutely love it. So I've had a good week. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. It was a pleasure. What about you guys? Love to hear it. I, last Sunday, so this time last week... I probably just finished getting my first of two or maybe three sessions on a chest tattoo. And let me tell you, I thought the back of my leg was painful. Um, Mm. Chest, Mm. that's pinchy. It was fine, but the bit that's like, I don't know what you call it, like your sternum, like your center of your chest. I honestly, I thought I was going to see God. It was the most painful thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Yeah, the bones are hard. I, I, I've only ever had my ass tattooed, and um, that was really painful. But hearing other people describe their painful bits is like... Mine was so painful, I was, like, laughing. You know, it's, like, so painful, you can't help but kind of laugh. Mm. Johnny it Knoxville really hurt. It really hurts, but you're kind of laughing at the same time. Um, but the chest sounds fucking ridiculous. It was also really yeah. hard because you can't talk when you're getting your chest tattooed because you can't move your yeah. chest. And I'm a talker. You know, shocker. Um, yeah. So, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, so just not having that way of like talking my way through it to like take my mind off it, that was something else. But um, mm. I'm still still gonna go for round two and probably three. So, let's go, baby. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, Happy dude. Days. Talking about rounds two and three, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that if you like. <laughs> How have you been, Vinny? It stays. <laughs> It um, stays. <laughs> nah, I've been really fucking awful. Like, yeah, <laughs> I literally have had. I this, I this is like the second time I've had like adult tonsillitis in my life, and mm. I think I feel like it's so much worse as an adult than it was it was as a kid. Like, I'd be waking up in pain, like so much pain I couldn't sleep, and it would just be intermittent mm. sleeping between just like trying to gulp down my saliva because it won't go down itself with how tight of a fucking throat hole yeah. I've got. At the time, I mean, think... it's so bad. Vinny, have you thought about having your tonsils removed? It sounds like it's a recurring problem. Well, I've had it once. The only other time I had adult tonsillitis was, was like, at uni. So this is, like, years ago. Oh, right, so like, okay, yeah. They're not going to remove it unless you you have it multiple yeah. times a year. Like, Because they do, they do remove them, don't they? But I guess that's for people yeah. who are having it, yeah, like, every, like, six months or something. Yeah. Um, but, Vinny, you got a job, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good I news. Vinny is employed. Not just yeah. by goats. Finally, just not a layabout bum for once in my you're life. Not a, you're not a full-time amateur podcaster for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God, because the Patreon money ain't paying the bills. <laughs> so you what. <laughs> but they can. Yeah. If you subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> mate, that's why you're a professional a amateur podcaster, mate. That was slick. That's it, mate. That's why you were doing this shit full, full time. Um, uh, yeah, but it's, it's just a part-time job uh, while I look mm. for the real... The real juicy software shit. Like, the real the time money, yeah. for that. Yeah. 
Nice. But yeah, I'm excited. Nice. I'm excited. Um, Sweet. Should we, should we crack um, on? Unless anyone else has got any crazy stories, yeah, let's crack on, shall we? I, I think them. we should, yeah. So, this week, if you haven't already guessed by reading the title, we haven't done one of these for a while. This is Goat Grab Bag 4, The Return. And yes... At five, we're going to stop numbering them and just start calling them really shitty, weird sequel names like Grab Bag Resurrection and Grab Bag X, Grab Bag Goes to Space, Grab Bag, etc. Grab Bag and the Furious, the Grab of the Furious, like Two Grab, Two Furious. Yeah, exactly. No, at some point was... we'll just we'll just go straight back to just grab bag. We'll do a reboot. Also, also, <laughs> yeah, also, yeah, yeah. For, Make it very confusing. For grab bag eight, we'll just <laughs> Gary G grab bag. For, ga- for grab bag eight, we'll just call it G R eight, and it'll be great. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Let's write these oh, down. Yeah. Um, but we are doing a grab bag this week, and we've got three pretty good topics. We have indeed. Mm-hmm. We have up for grabs. What did we call these? What were these? These were called a name, weren't they? These Pink like mini goats. goats, pygmy goats. We have three pygmy goats up for grabs. We have the goat urban legend. Different to playground myth, which I know we've already covered on a grab bag, but just just make that distinction in your mind, yeah, right? They're, they're totally different, different things, okay? We haven't run out of ideas, all yeah. right? They are actually different, okay? Right? Get off us. Get off our back, all right? Um, <laughs> the goat board game and the goat live TV fail, which I know has been teased before in this <laughs> podcast, but we're doing it for real. But first, we're going to be doing Urban Legend, which is going to be Seb versus Vinny. Now, the term Urban Legend first appeared in print in 1968, although I'm pretty sure that telling specific folklore stories dates back probably like a little bit earlier than 1968 i reckon maybe like a couple of years earlier um i, I don't know <laughs> i think 1968 i think, I think specifically like really 1968 is when storytelling oral storytelling specifically really took off yeah i think <laughs> maybe you're I right think before yeah, then people just mostly really... wrote stuff down yeah i think that's probably think about it correct yeah think about it um but urban legends, what are they? They are stories, myths, or legends. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you do. But, <laughs> and they are completely false, but they always circulate as the truth. Um, they are often supernatural and specific to a place or a spooky character, such as the legend of the hairy hand on Dartmoor or Bloody mm. Mary. Or sometimes they're just bullshit little facts that everyone believes, like how... It, you know, takes seven years for, like, gum to digest if you swallow it. Total nonsense. Or how eating an apple tree will fucking grow an apple, like, out of your ass or something. Like, you'll just get, like, an apple coming out. Total nonsense. But everyone believes it. So why why are (laughs) all those leaves coming out your ass, Michael? Yeah, I've been eating apple seeds, mate. Um, (laughs) But which urban legend is the best? The spookiest? The most ridiculous? or the hardest to trace its origins. Well, it's over to these two little rodents to tell me. So let's go. Can I go first? first? Yeah, V-Dog, you go. go (laughs) Yay! (laughs) (laughs) But before I start, um, I just want to say, like, because as a kid, I fucking loved urban legends, like, Mm. 
they're basically almost like creepypastas, but like real and not on the internet for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, they're not real, but you think you think they could be real, and that's why they're so like creepy and mysterious. But do you guys remember ever watching a film about urban legends? It was a horror film. It's like a slasher from like the nineties or the early two thousands. Yes, and it was like all about urban legends and like the, there were loads of different urban legends happening within the film and like the like, yeah, yeah, killed yeah. people with the urban legends like the whole like you know the like babysitter thing with like he's in he's in the house the call is coming from in the house like that sort of thing or yeah the, yeah yeah the the guy who goes to the truck the what's that the fuel stop and the mm. guy comes out and he's got the stammer and like he, he's really creepy and so the guy just drives off but it turns out he's actually trying to say like there's someone in the back of your car and then the murder's in the back of the car you know all that oh, stuff. well was... there is a newer movie about that cabin in the woods have you seen that oh yeah that's not really urban legends that's just like no but it does tropes. that's horror films yeah 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 it is yeah i suppose it's like horror movie tropes but I remember really liking that film as a kid. It probably sucked. It's probably very average. But like being into urban legends at that time and watching that film was like, like holy shit, this is a movie for me. And for me, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, the film was actually just called Urban Legend. So yeah, nice. Yeah, I could have gathered that. Yeah, it had Jared Leto in as well. I don't remember that, but Ooh, I don't. Gerard I didn't think I knew Jared Leto at the time. Yeah, Gerard's <laughs> Sandstorm. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah uh does anyone want to time me it's like i'm, I'm definitely gonna be five minutes late like, nah, nah, just no, go just fine. go don't, you don't have to time yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, I see, yeah. So. each year you will eat an average of eight spiders in your sleep um... that's something that almost everyone has been to- been told at least once in their life Thankfully, it is obviously a complete myth, but it's definitely something that sounds like it could be true, macabre as it is. Yeah. It's something that everybody believed, like circulated as fact. Did you know? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I have a very, very particular memory of going to your house, Mork, as a kid, and you and your two sisters came up to me and you guys were so excited to tell me that apparently the eight spiders thing was actually a lie and i was like yeah mm. cool i, I, I don't i don't care you were so <laughs> you scared just... of spiders we were like fucking vinny's gonna be so relieved <laughs> <laughs> i've been like yeah terrified not sleeping for weeks <laughs> for your whole life you're like oh. like sellotaping up my mouth before i go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, they're gonna come in my ears! No, so let's take those as well. Your nose, your asshole. <laughs> I just fucking suffocate and die. Um, yeah. When you really think about it, why would it be true in the first place? Yeah. Like, why on earth would a spider want to cl- crawl inside of a big, wet, windy hole that's attached to a giant <laughs> creature? Like, it doesn't really make sense when you. And think how about would you it. not notice eating eight spiders in your sleep? It's the in in your sleep. You're, like you don't you even wake up. It. You just eat it. Like what? It just so it crawls down. It crawls all the way down. You're like you just keep going, I guess, into your stomach acid until it's like oh shit, and just like burns to death, and you don't even realize. But yeah, spiders are not known for liking <laughs> the wet or the windy. Have so you not like, heard yeah. about incy wincy spider mate? Like, yeah. step one, the rain comes down, mate. He'd be gone. Yeah. There's no spiders going in your mouth. Incy wincy told no, us. Exactly. Like, exactly. Ago. We just had to listen. But yeah, 
So why do people believe it so readily? It's probably because of the fact that, well, the obvious, it happens in your sleep when you're completely unconscious. So who knows what goes on in those mm. six to nine hours? But it also might help the urban legend's believability that it's spiders and not just bugs we're talking about. As arachnophobia, the fear of spiders, is one of the most widespread fears within humanity. So the idea of swallowing spiders is just so disgusting that when mm. you're told the quote-unquote fact, you're kind of just too disgusted to think about it logically. Perhaps yeah. a similar mm. reason as to why fairly obviously fake ghost stories still spook quite logical people. Mm. It's because it's so creepy that you kind of get taken away by it and don't yeah. think about it logically. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's I didn't do any research to that. That's completely just my No, but I think that's top probably, of my head. probably quite true. Your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that's true. Mm. I don't like spiders. It sounds true. I, I, I don't mind small spiders, but big spiders. And there's something about the way they like... You know when spiders like come out of a really small hole and it's like how's all these legs yeah. and like, body coming out of such a mm. tiny hole yeah, they're creepy it's that specific creepy like fuckers. Bleh moment where they like come out of a hole like i know what you mean like yeah it's like yeah and they like and they're like legs it's like their little legs reach and they like come out like yeah. this way is there's something that just gives me the heebie-jeebies i'm not like scared of them like i'll pick them up and chuck them outside or whatever but i'm not but like they're, they're creepy i'm not happy. Don't, i don't want them in my house no, really exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't really want to wake up with one like crawling all over your face. No. no. But weirdly, I don't find tarantulas that bad. It's the one with the the ones with the small legs. Like the big tarantulas yeah, kind yeah. of they're fine faster as well. But also there's something about a tarantula because it's like big and furry. It almost it's like it's, it's almost cute. It's like the size of like a mouse or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. not creepy anymore. Yeah. Whereas it's like the the, yeah, the I get what you mean. ones freak me the most out. Yeah. And tarantulas like if they fall from like three, if they fall like a height of three feet, they'll probably fucking just explode. They'll just die. Yeah, like, yeah they just die. They are very easy to kill. They're very fragile. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the eight spiders myth. Where did it come from? Well, actually, there's a really great video on YouTube by the YouTuber Let Me Know, where he tries to investigate the origins of this eight spiders a year myth. He found that the first mention of the myth was from the reputable site Snopes, which, if you don't know, is more or less the de facto online myth-busting source. Mm. In the Snopes article, they write how the eight spiders myth was sourced from a magazine article from 1993's PC Professional. In said article, columnist Lisa Burgett-Holst writes a list of fake facts which were circulating emails at the time. Mm. Her quote-unquote fact about the eight spiders was amongst the list and, in, and even had a cited reference which dated back to a 1954 book on insect folklore. Really? This, God, it goes back yeah. than you think. Damn, that's really old, yeah. I thought it was just like an internet thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um... And the article's basically like it was about like oh these are all these fake facts and mm. why it's so if it's so funny how everyone's so read, ready to believe them just because they saw it on yeah, the internet yeah. essentially. And he says that he found many of the many many websites with the exact same story as as the Snopes article, so they they probably just lifted it from there. The problem was 
nobody has ever been able to find a magazine with the name PC Professional from 1993. What? Nor... Does the name Lisa Burgett-Holst ever come up elsewhere online? Mm. So now we have a mystery underneath this urban legend. I love that. Damn, it's like a double mystery. Mm. So long story short... Sorry, Sebek, were you going to say something? I was just going to say it definitely isn't some uh, like tired underpaid journalist just creating some bollocks source to finally finish up an article like oh fucking linda holst she'll fucking do pc professional she'll that do, sounds like yeah. a thing off your fucking pot yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> look boss i done it can i go home like, no one checks sources <laughs> we'll be fine who can get an hour yeah three decades later Vinny's like hang on a second hang on a minute <laughs> the fuck is all this about <laughs> imagine that one journalist yeah. is like Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been found. Uh, but yeah, long story short, the YouTuber ended up finding the actual original 1954 book on mm. insect folklore, but found absolutely no mention of some eight spiders in your sleep myth. In fact, spiders aren't even insects, they're arachnids, so yeah. why would they even be in a book about insects uh, in the first place? Yeah. That's trippy, mate. Shit. You've broken after the major whole layer. Yeah, after even more extensive research into the PC professional article and its author, he just couldn't find anything, and he, like, did a hideous amount of research. Like, mm. Well, that's when he realised that the name Lisa Burgett-Holst is actually an anagram... <laughs> And f- fucking get this, for this is a big troll. Oh my god! And it god. genuinely is. Oh That's my so god! No, That's so good. <laughs> what the fuck? So what we have is a Snopes article debunking the eight spiders myth using a reference to a fake article about how you shouldn't believe everything you read online, which is then lifted by hundreds of other websites as proof to debunk the same myth. That's genius. <laughs> which is also fake under the fake name. This is a yeah. massive troll. And like everyone, everyone sources of that as like, this is the reason why the myth came out in the first place. Like everyone does. And That's it's complete genius. bollocks. That's so good. Whoever wrote that Snopes article is a fucking genius. <laughs> Yeah. But like bare bones, have we? So we still haven't debunked the eight spiders in your sleep thing, technically. Oh well, like yeah, like yeah, spider experts been like, yeah, obviously it's not real. It's bullshit. Yeah, but they can't find that original thing. Yeah. Well, the Snopes article is the original thing, I guess. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's right, the original. Yeah. That's the original debunking. And it's, but what was yeah. the original circulation? Well, it's probably of the, just like, one of those, it probably fact. is just one of those weird email knows, things yeah. that just used to go around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like someone, uh, maybe someone just randomly sent it as an email. Like they were just like, "Oh, this, this sounds real." I'm just gonna, and then it just it spread like wildfire from there. Like, weird who to knows think there is the someone out origins. there who's like, "I'm the guy." Yeah, or maybe he he's. Or yeah. well, maybe it's like the atomic bomb. There was a few people working on it, all coming to the same idea. <laughs> <laughs> together independently right. <laughs> to nuke the idea that spy- you eat spiders in your sleep right yeah. well that was interesting but yeah that's that's, that's my urban legend damn I gotta say that urban legend it's got a lot that of legs a, that... oh! that's a fucking good one 
That's a fucking good one. <laughs> Beautiful. It's them. a good one. I know. I love that one because it's one of those that like everybody believed. Like we all concrete kind of believed it. Yeah. And then, but the backstory of the, yeah, but come on guys, it's obviously not true. Look, here's this article that debunks it. That's even better. And everyone go, oh yeah, obviously. And citing that. And then they're like, the, it's a false article in the first place doing the debunking. That whole, like, anagram, like, I still don't know yeah. if it's, like, a complete coincidence and they just picked out it some random name. It complete coincidence. No, or no, whether no, that no, was that's, all that's perfectly a, planned yeah. by someone who was just like, this I'm just going to This is a massive troll. That can't be. That can't be. <sighs> Unless, was the term yeah, troll so good. around at that time? It must have been. Well, yeah, this, it must have I, been. I don't know when the Snopes article was, but it's 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 not from 1993. It would have been more recent. No, that's fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. I absolutely love that. That's going to be hard to beat. Seb's going to have to bring but his the fucking thing is, I've because that, that is like an absolutely legendary urban. I think legend. I can beat it. That's the thing. Shit. Well, let's find out because it's going to be tough. Am I am I ready to go? Yeah, you can go if you want. So yeah, um, maybe just get your armchairs out because this one could take a while. Uh, no, I'm joking. I'll, I'll keep it brief. <laughs> you know, five minutes. I'm telling you, five. <laughs> Four. Four. That's second. Come on. Three. Okay. No, here's the thing about urban legends, right? They're very specific. Like one man's urban legend is another man's conspiracy theory is another man's playground rumour. Like it's quite an abstract term. And I didn't want to just pick like, here's just a thing. Like, I don't know, like Elvis dying on the toilet. I didn't know this. Luce told me this today. Elvis didn't die on the toilet. Never knew that. He died in his bathroom, but his bathroom was like the size of a normal person's house. Like he just he yeah, just died yeah, in there. Yeah, he he, died he didn't die having a shit. Like no, that's not true. Um, yeah, no, that's totally false. Yeah, like you know the Earth being round. Like we've all heard this stuff, but, <laughs> but it doesn't like lies. You know, <laughs> um, it's it's not true, and and we don't want to. You know, I didn't want to just pick something silly like that. So I want to talk about an urban legend that means something to me personally, and that means I think something to both of you guys as well. Um, specifically okay. you, Mork, actually. I know that you're a big... You, me and you have spoken about this urban legend before. So um, and it's one of those ones that's just, like, so exciting and so grotesque and so, like, captivating that you kind of can't help believe it. Um, but anyway, mm. I actually first heard this rumour from my stepbrother's mate who goes to a different school. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Needless to say, I was shaken to the core because it turned out I had diced with death without even knowing it. So um, before right. we get into this, you need some context, which is that last year, me and Michael, we went on holiday. Oh, for fuck's um, sake. We went on holiday no. to a holiday park <laughs> called Butlins in Minehead. And um, when we were there, obviously, we went on the water slides. Now, yeah. <laughs> at, at Butlins, there's three slides. There's the blue python, which is the easiest slide. But needless to say, it's still pretty intense. You know, no under six is allowed. It's, it's not for the faint-hearted. But that's just a warm-up. Because next is the twister, which is like one of those giant bowls that you put two peas in at a cha- for like charity back in the day, and you'd watch your two pea go round and yeah, round and round. in the supermarket. And that thing is insane. Like, you can feel the Gs pulling as you go round that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and, then, and then there's the last one, which... And this one's fucked up, mate. It's the purple power cannon. And this shit is for professional sliders only. This slide isn't for fun, okay? Because it's got a timing trap at the top and bottom, right? And 
you know, mm. needless to say as well, me and Michael, we saw this. It calculates your time. We got into some friendly competition. And, you know, by the end yeah. of the week, you know, we're pretty mental. We were we were putting down some pretty rapid times. We were we both put down at least yeah. at least sub nine on the purple power counter. And yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. that's pretty dramatic stuff. Anyway, look. That's faster than you saying bolt runs hundred meters. And and actually what's mad is the purple power cannon is actually two hundred meters. So you're going really quick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, but anyway, look, this is where things get really mental because I came back, right? And I'm speaking to my stepbrother and his mate, right? Because his mate's round, right? And I'm talking about going sub nine on the purple power cannon. And he's like, look, mate, my dad used to go to Butlins back in the day and he told me some shit. So he told me, right, that actually back in the day, Butlins wasn't a holiday park. It was actually a NASA <laughs> testing facility. <laughs> Right? <laughs> and back in the day, they didn't use water on the slides. They actually used industrial lube, right? And, and what would happen is, like, step one, right? They put them down the, the, the python just to get them warmed up, right? Yeah. And then they put them around the twister. Mm. And obviously, because they're all lubed up, if they can go round without passing out because of the G-forces, they get to have a go on a rocket, right? So they're yeah, doing yeah. that. And then, and then there's why the they put, then there's, Sorry, but why would NASA put their fucking face in mine head? Well, because, because, because you don't want people to find it. You know, you can't put it in Area 51 or everyone's going to... Put it in the biggest shithole in England. Exactly. If, you put it, if you put it in like Area 51, everyone's going to come knocking after asking for a go on the rockets. But if you put it in mine... Not like... Not like not like the vast deserts of like Nevada, yeah, but, but the fucking minor yeah, exactly. and like a tiny little seaside you've got to think, town. You've got to think outside the box. Anyway, look, you're getting caught up here on the semantics. <laughs> yeah, okay, because sorry, Gary, yeah. The real, the real test was the purple power cannon because that that actually was designed and they never they never actually did this, but they were testing astronauts re-entering the atmosphere only in their spacesuits, right? <laughs> and they would lube up the purple power cannon, right? And people were going down. I shit you not, right? Mm. Bear in mind, me and Michael, right? We're pretty professional guys. We're going down sub nine. They're going down sub four, right? Sub four, okay? No fucking way. Anyway, I so don't believe look, it. My, da- my, my stepbrother's dad's mate, no, my stepbrother's mate's dad, right? He was saying back in the day, when he was there, he found where they used to, where they kept all the lube, right? From when it was a NASA <laughs> testing facility. And he was in trying to impress this girl, right? And so he lubed up the purple power cannon, right? And he put six big rocks in his pockets. He went down, and this isn't a joke, right? He went down sub three, right? But here's where things get pretty dark, because he hit the water at the bottom so hard, it cut five inches off his height for the rest of his life. It compressed his spine, right? And this is where, no, but this is really sad, because actually at the time, he was playing for Burnley's under-19s, and they let him go because he couldn't get out for corners anymore. <laughs> right but but there is a silver lining because actually the girl he was trying to impress was that was my stepbrother's mate's mum and she stayed with him even though he got compressed by five inches <laughs> right it's heartwarming and i just think that, that as an idea just it just holistically that's everything you need for an urban legend we can all relate to it it's plausible so that's not true well no it is true I think, but I've got no proof. <laughs> right. If well, it's I'll true, it's not step- I was, I'll talk to your like stepbrother's mate's dad. Well, he's about five five two now. 
but apparently he used to be. <laughs> is he shrinking? Well, that's the thing. Did he look like he used to be taller? Well, that's the thing. Is is he? He's kind of quite like. He looks quite squat, if you know what I mean, and like he just. He looks shrunken. He just just, just looks a bit shrunken. Stocky. He looks like he used to be mm. sort of a more Wout Weghurst looking fella, but he's just he's just been compressed. He's been squashed. He's looked up five eight. It's really tragic. It's actually really tragic. Oh my god! He looks like a five eight person, but five two. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine, like that's the so thing. Is that... But this is why it's because his mates call him the gorilla because his arms and his legs are like too big for his body because <laughs> his arms drag on the floor because he's not tall enough. <laughs> 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 oh my fucking god is that are you done sam yeah no i'm done man <laughs> i can't believe i can't believe you've taken the joke we were making at the top of the slides at butlins and turned it into a fucking ghost shout that's so funny <laughs> billy when we were sat at the top of the thing sam's just going like oh yeah my mate's brother went down here with rocks once and he did sub eight but his head cut off. <laughs> We're just making up all these little mini scenarios, like just, oh yeah, well, my dad's cousin's boyfriend once, he went down backwards and it cut his arm off or some magic. <laughs> like, we just doing all these things. That's so funny. And and you've turned that into the Goat Urban Legends, Sam. That's exactly. brilliant. I never thought I'd see the day we'd get to talk about the Butlins water slides on this show. It was one of the <laughs> finest slides. I just, my favourite bit was seeing the little kids' faces because we'd be like, yeah, so my dad's cousin went down here, right? But he went round the wrong way and one of his legs is shorter than the other for the rest of his life. And then there'd be some kid like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you, if like, yeah, if you hit the water head first when you go down through the hole, like, you'll just break your back. <laughs> You've been a wheelchair for the rest of your life and they don't let wheelchair users down the slides, so don't get another go. <laughs> That's the worst part of it all. If you could get another go, you could try and go feet first and stretch yourself like out again. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, right. Um, as far well. as crowning the goat urban legend goes, I've either got one of the most believed and ridiculous <laughs> backstories urban legends of all time, or... Well, Vinny's thing about My spoilers. mate's dad's brother's cousin went down a slide once and <laughs> he's fucking short now, mate. <laughs> At Butlins. Fucking <laughs> um, I want to give, Seb, I want to give you massive props because that was brilliant. I absolutely love that you managed to do that. So you get a big well done sticker from me, but... Thank you. The goat's got to be the spiders. It, the yeah. spiders is fucking sick. I had never actually thought about that being an urban legend, but it is, and it is easily the goat like i couldn't pick a better answer myself sweet thank you easily the goat yeah no it's definitely um, the goat. that's a great shout i literally that's the, yeah, that's the perfect shout. urban legend that is exactly exactly that's it. the shout because everyone believed yeah. it and the, the the funny thing about when it comes out that is not true but all the sources are a fucking massive troll is even better it's, it's hilarious yeah that that's the backstory that's the funniest so, thing like wild as well yeah exactly um, well, I guess it's time for me to take over DJing this show now. Okay. Because, uh, yeah. you know, hi, my name's Seb and I fucking love board games. Um, and this week, <laughs> one of our pygmies is the greatest board game of all time. Now, board games are like probably one of the earliest forms of entertainment. I can't say that for sure, but you've got to imagine you've got, you know, you've got a rock <laughs> and some stones 
and you just start fucking playing snakes and ladders or whatever. For instance, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know for a fact <laughs> there's a game called Haffle Taffle that they've been playing in Scandinavia for like fucking thousands of years. They, I reckon they was probably playing Cluedo in ancient Egypt. It's amazing. But... Could have been, yeah. You wouldn't know that I hadn't, I'd forgotten I had to prepare a bit for this. So here's the thing. <laughs> There's a lot of board games around, but which is the yeah. best? Now, we did think about just playing a game of, <laughs> well, Snakes and Ladders to sort it out. But that doesn't really seem that scientific. So I've actually asked these two legends to, <laughs> to tell me. I'm still doing the voice from the stupid story. Uh, to, to, I know. To, to, to tell me what is the best board game of all time. Um, so uh, I'll go first. Mark, you go I? first because Vinny yeah. went first last time. Yeah, thanks, Seb. Thanks, Seb, for the... Uh, Probably the best introduction we've ever had to a segment on this show, I reckon. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Now, board games. I fucking love board games. People hate them. My missus, she fucking hates them. She refuses to play board games with me. But I, lo- I love a good board game. Everyone loves a board game. You know, get some get some of the lads around, get your family around, whatever. Kick, kick out a good board game. And when you think about the greatest board games, you always, always go to Monopoly. And yes, it's good, it's iconic, and there's a million fucking versions of it. You've got Lord of the Rings Monopoly, Simpsons Monopoly, fucking Breaking Bad Monopoly. You've even got SpongeBob SquarePants Meme Edition Monopoly. <laughs> and Wow. That's, really? that's just it. Yeah, really, yeah, really. But that's the point. Like, Monopoly has been done to death. Like... And to be honest, it's it's not even that good of a game either. No one plays like, it right. right. No one plays the right rules either. No one plays the right rules. They just make it up. Yeah, it's all right, but it's kind of you just go round in a like a square, I suppose, not a circle. But you're just going round and round and round. Collect a bit of money, give a bit of money. Same. Collect a bit of money, give a bit of money. It's just, it's not the goat. It's time to end the monopoly that is monopoly on the board nice. game industry. Oh. Nice. <laughs> so then I thought. Well, it's got to be a board game that I've played. And what's the most fun board game that I've played? Because let's forget about all the other shit. All oh, this board game's been around for ages and that. All oh, this board game's got like the most complicated rules and that. This board game's the goat because, like, do you know what I mean? Like, everybody's played it and that. What's the most fun one that I've played? And it didn't take me long to think about what that is. So let me just pitch this to you. Guys, do you want to play a board game? Yeah. Yeah? I've got a surprise for you. How about a game of global domination? Oh, it's rich. Armies uh... at war and destroying your enemies. How does that fucking sound? Sounds sick, mate. I've Sounds got a, terrible. I've got a... Definitely not the greatest board game ever. <laughs> I've got a bonus. <laughs> Shut up, you it. mug. You love this game. <laughs> yeah, I love this. It's fucking great, right? Well... That's what Risk is all about. Yeah, boy. Risk the board game. And it's absolutely sick, yo. Like, without trying to go Fellow too kids. deep into all the rules and shit. <laughs> huh? That was like, it's absolutely sick, yo. It is sick, yo. <laughs> you sound like a... Because that's what I wrote. You sound like a, a high school teacher trying to relate to disadvantaged children. A backwards cap. <laughs> 
without going too deep into all the rules and all that shit and how you play, Risk is actually fairly simple, even though it seems complicated. Like, you've got a big board, there's a lot of pieces, you've got dice and cards and shit, and you attack and defend, and you're thinking, oh, God, this is going to be boring, right? I can't be bothered to learn it. But it's really simple. The board represents the world map, unless you've got Lord of the Rings Risk, in which case it's fucking Middle-earth and you're real G. But anyway, it's normally just got the world map, right? And the world map is broken up into 42 territories across all the continents. So it's not every single country. You've got like West Africa, East Africa. It's all 42 different segments. And up to four players can play. But it's got to be a minimum of two players. And even if there's two players, technically there's still four. Because you still place four armies. Mm. And there'll be two neutral armies that aren't controlled by a player. All right? And... What you do, you start out, you place all your army, you get given a certain amount of pieces, which are your army. You have three different types of pieces, a little man, a little cannon, and a little horse. A man equals one of your army, a cannon is ten of your army, and a horse is five of your army, I think. Yeah. So you distribute your little army about all the territories that you have assigned to you. And eventually, after the little first bit, every single territory on the board will have either one of your guys on it, one of your uh, enemies' guys on it, and potentially two neutral guys on it, or all four of your armies are going to be spread out across the board. Then, you fucking start playing. And each round, every player gets to attack, move his men, or place new armies down. So you get different amounts of army like added to your pot depending on certain different things and each turn you start your turn by adding new armies to your thing. So you're building up all your men and you're getting ready to fucking assault the whole world because the aim of risk, the aim of the game is to take over the entire planet. Now, I don't know of a board game where the aim of the game is to take over the entire planet and be the global dominator. And neither can they, which is why it's going to be the GOAT. But anyway, so you build up your army, you can then attack, and you can attack as much as you want. So once you've got your army built up, you can attack your mate, or you can attack the neutral armies, destroy them, and then take over their territories, and they become your territories, and you can move in. So you just kind of move around every turn, and then they attack you, and you attack them. And that's basically it. That's all risk is. It's just attacking, defending, moving your armies, and building it up. Which is fun, but why is it so much fun? Well, it goes on for quite a long time, but not a really, really long time. It's not like seven hours worth of board gaming because that would be boring. And it also doesn't last like 30 minutes. It lasts the perfect amount of time to kind of keep you and your mates engaged in the amount of fighting and action that's going on. And the other fun is building up your army, seeing your army grow from just a few measly little soldiers into the giant army of men, horses and cannons that are just trying to fucking steamroll through North America and annihilate everything in their path. It's so satisfying having like five cannons and ten horses just absolutely dominating the entire board. Or you might find yourself on the back foot, cornered, in Australia, trying your hardest just to survive and just to fight your way back out of Australia and just get survive one more turn so you can add a couple more men to your army and attack back and try and get out and eventually build up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until eventually you are now 
dominating the world from a losing position. When your back's against the wall, that's when the real fucking risk players come out. And that's why I think it's the GOAT. See, I really like <laughs> risk. <laughs> it's just silence. <laughs> Stunned. No, sorry. I think It's so. intense, it's fun, and it's different. It, it, the thing is, the game is different every single you time. You didn't mention like the, the name of the the board game it's risk like that's that's why it's fun it's because it's like yeah yeah that's what i mean yeah rolls. yeah you're taking risks it's like you, you, you take put, a risk you whether loads, to attack you, or you defend could put loads of people in one place to defend it but like there's no certainty you're going to defend it even with all yeah people. yeah that's, that's what i was trying to say it's yeah. like gambling that's why gambling is very fun to a lot of people is there's risk you could always just lose yeah. it all you could always gain everything that's why that's what i mean it's the risk of like do i attack with all my people and just steamroll everyone or do i kind of sit back defend but then i'm not going to build up as many people as quickly so mm. they're going to grow exponentially while i'm going to be small and in the corner everything but then, is that risk. the right yeah is that the right thing to do because if I do just bide my time and wait, maybe they'll kind of kill each other off and then I'll be able to attack. But maybe they don't kill each other off and they get stronger and I, I'm i fucked. Yeah, every single move that you make is kind of a calculated risk. And even with... Because it's when you attack, you just roll a dice, the highest number wins. That's always just a risk as well because just by attacking someone, you're taking a risk. You're giving your luck to the dice gods, aren't you? You're just rolling a dice and seeing what happens. You might have mm. the biggest arm in the world and lose every single roll in a row and just get absolutely annihilated. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's intense, it's fun, and it's different every single time. Like it's so much fun. My favorite thing about Risk, I think, is it's perfectly simple. Like it's just simple enough. Like there's no like treaty system. The treaties are just you and your mates being like, yeah, yeah. should we just back off each other for a minute? And that creates yeah. the most visceral hate and the most visceral anguish because it's real. Like yeah, you say to your you. mate, like please just give me a, give me one round and I'll give you some shit or like I won't attack you for a minute and we'll both attack that guy and then your mate's like, yeah, mm. all right, yeah, sure, yeah. And then he fucking attacks you anyway and you're like, ah, fucking cunt. Yeah. Like it really gets yeah. you. Yeah. Just like it's like... Double cross everyone, yeah. It's, it's proper because it's so simple. It's like, it's... It is one of the simplest board games. It, it looks very complex, but it's really it's not. not it, that's what I mean. It looks really complicated, but anyone can play it. And I, yeah, I love that. Like, I have yeah. memories of, like, saying to my mates, like, yo, let's just team up against, like, Yellow. Come on. And then managing to convince them to move all their army, like, through Africa to Europe to attack Yellow. And then I'm just like, ha, fuck you. Attack them from behind. Take all their land. <laughs> like, it does just it's make great. enemies. It, it, it turns like people it's so, into assholes. And it's, it's so intense. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's a fantastic simulator in a very basic way of genuine world politics, of just backstabbing and mm. nonsense, and nothing really means anything, and human life is worthless. And it's just like... <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Anyway, look, I I love Risk. I think Risk's a great game. Um, the go- the goat is it the goat? Well, I don't know because I don't know what um, I don't know what Vinny's picked yet. If I was going to pick, just just well, to throw my hat into the ring, obviously it doesn't matter. But I probably would have picked Settlers of Catan. I think Catan's a great game, but I didn't pick that. Never heard of it. Oh, it's great. If I had to pick, I'd actually pick Spartacus. Like, have you ever played Spartacus? Vinny, no. you are picking. I just- yeah, no, but if I to pick an a, a different answer, <laughs> your favorite, like no, because what I picked is definitely my favorite, and I definitely think it's the goat. But no, no, but that aside, but Spartacus, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very much like that. There's a lot of politics of like, it's definitely way more complicated. It's it's more of like a standard complicated board game. I think it's more on the level of mm. Settlers of Catan, but 
I, cause I don't even really want to bother explaining it. So there's loads of rounds and lots of things, but it's really, really, really fun. Like I fully, fully recommend yeah. just, if you're looking to get a good board game. That's like, the it's thing that really, puts really me off any board game is when you open up the instructions and it says, so you've got a buying round a and book. then a placing round, and then you can go back to the yeah. buying round if no one votes to replace yeah, on the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're just like, oh God, I don't care. I just yeah, want to just It's go. always the initial, the initial startup with those things. Where it's like the first like game you play is always like, I don't know what I'm doing. The second time you play it, it's like okay now i understand now i can have yes. all the fun and like i've had it's so many hype break moments that of barrier my mates, isn't it of like what the fuck spartacus. do i do that it then gets really good isn't it yeah spartacus is fucking brilliant for that but regardless vinny i want to hear what you think is the greatest board game of all time See, when Mork talks about Risk, and it's great, and I love all the dice rolls and the gambling sort of thing, and there's definitely a lot of the social elements really cool. But yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of just Risk. You you actually don't know. It's all completely random, really. You can put it in your favour, for sure, but at the end of the day, if you're unlucky, you're fucked. You're at shit out of luck, and it's not really that fun, is it, sometimes, if you just, like, don't get the right dice rolls, you know? That's the problem with dice rolls. That's systems. life, mate. Well, yeah, but I'm playing a game to escape life, mate. Says, says the guy <laughs> but anyway, who picked Morrowind as the greatest RPG, mate. I picked it because it's my favourite RPG, that's why. Mate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. Let's fucking... <laughs> We're all good mates here. <laughs> yeah, go on, mate. <laughs> Come on, mate. But anyway, so my answer for go for GOAT RPG... My answer for GOAT board game actually has no risk no gambling it's completely purely just whatever you do it's completely like that's your move that's what you've done there's no randomness in it involved at all yeah yeah and that's why it's so good but anyway without further ado <laughs> chess i picked chess by the way that's Ooh. that's my answer could I just? Could we just end it there? No, that's a great <laughs> pick. That's a really good pick. But anyway, no, I, I, I will, I will discuss it. So, invented in India in the sixth century, starting out as the game of kings, it has evolved over the past fifteen hundred years, and in that time has captured an insanely wide audience all over the world. It's now considered one of the most popular games globally and for one incredibly good reason. It takes five minutes to learn the basics, but Mm. an entire lifetime to master its complexities. Oh, cringe. cringe. That was cringe. I like Trivini. Don't don't let him get you. I swear that's a quote. Isn't that a quote from somebody? Does somebody say that? No. It's quite a common thing people say. I'm sure. Quick, yeah, I'm quick sure to learn hard said, to like, master. Oh, takes takes like a. Yeah, I, lo- yeah, I love yeah. quick to learn hard to master things. I fucking love that shit. Mm. But anyway, but how complex? You might be asking. According to the U.S. Chess Federation, there are an estimated 169 octillion ways. That's 169 with 48 zeros at the end of it. Just now. just to play the first ten moves in a game of chess. Christ. Ten moves. <laughs> Damn. In fact, just after a few moves in a game of chess, you probably have found yourself in a game that nobody in the history of 
humanity or ever has ever played before. That's crazy. That reminds me of the stat. Sorry, just to bring it up. If you shuffle a 52-pack of cards... Yeah, 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 yeah. It is almost certain that that, exa- that order of cards you have in your hand has never, ever existed ever before. Yeah. Like, you have just shuffled a unique order, and then you shuffle it again, it's unique, again, it's unique. Crazy, yeah, that's that. Wild, when I saw that, yeah. But despite its overwhelming possibilities, it still remains insanely popular with an estimated 70% of all adults having played it at some point in their life, and about 605 million adults playing it regularly. It's probably Damn. even maybe even more popular than football? Maybe? Like in terms of people playing 605 million? 605 million? No. no. Like billions play football. Billions? Really? Like regularly? I reckon a billion, I reckon, I reckon a billion people kick a ball around. I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know the actual stat. I thought it was, like, 300 million, but I, d- I don't know. I literally, I don't know. But anyway, well, you can you can play chess for dirt cheap. You can play it with, like, a dirt cheap set. You can even play it for free online. In fact, mm. one of my favorite aspects about the game is just how widely varied your opponent's nationalities are on chess.com. I've played people from absolutely all over the world. You just, sometimes I don't even recognize the flags. Like, not just (laughs) Europe, but like from South America, Asia, Oceania, even Africa. Like, you just play people from all over the place. Like, there's no, Mm. I mean, there's a couple of countries like, you know, India loves chess. Russia obviously loves chess. But I'll play someone from fucking like Bangladesh one day. The next day I'll play someone from fucking Sierra Leone. Like... It is, <laughs> yeah, it's literally every, it's so varied. It's gone from the game yeah, of yeah. kings to the game of the people. Oof. <laughs> Oof. He's banging out the quotes today. <laughs> now, having been around for fifteen hundred years, you'd expect its heyday to heydays to be behind it by now, but you'd be wrong, dead wrong. In fact, chess is actually more popular right now than it has ever been. That's Ever. crazy. Thanks to the Netflix show, The Queen's Gambit, as well as yeah, the rise in chess content creation on YouTube and Twitch. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. never been a better time to get into chess than right now. In 1997, the IBM supercomputer Deep Blue took on world champion and potential GOAT player Gary Kasparov in what would be seen by many as the day chess would die. They say that because it marked the first time a computer beat humanity's greatest player. Really? Thus finally solving the ancient game of chess. But instead of making the game redundant, it did the exact opposite and basically just made it possible, finally once and for all, to just figure out all the actual genuine best moves to play from any position at any point Mm. today computers have only gotten better at figuring out chess and now anyone that's right even you mork can easily use these technologies to better understand their games and improve their own playing also the much known elo system which many different sports use as a way of ranking teams and players was actually first invented for the game of chess it was mm. so good, it spread to all other competitive ventures. And then you have, you know, the top, top, top level 
of chess, which is still Nicholas like Carlson and all them lot. They're famous people. Yeah. You know, you know these people. You like Bobby know Fischer, them, yeah. Bobby Fischer from years ago, Gary Kasparov. The you know he was insane for years. Mm. You know, uh, he was like a Magnus Carlson. He played nowadays. as a child, didn't he, Gary Kasparov? There's like video. They uh, all did. They all played him, as children. Like, playing the like, there's like a something like the World Masters where they have like masters from every nation. And there's a picture, of, a mm. famous picture of him playing every World Master in order. So he like does a move. And he just mm. walks up and he like beats all of them as like mm. a child. It's crazy. Did you ever see sorry, another sign? Did you ever see that Darren Brown thing where he played like ten grandmasters against against themselves? So he had a circle of like chess grandmasters, and then he would play the first. He would have one game was just a normal game. He would just play a normal game of chess, but then in the next game, the grandmaster would move, and then he would move, and then he would use that grandmaster's move. So let's say he did like pawn to like e six or whatever. He'd use his move as his opening move on the next guy. Okay. So every single time he went round, he was using the move previously used by the Grandmaster against him, against the next Grandmaster. They were all just basically playing themselves. And he oh. beat like five out of six of them or something. It, it, it was crazy. Like, wow. Go and watch it. It's really, really, really fucking cool. That is interesting. Vinny, are you, are you wrapped up on chess? I yeah I mean my conclusion is it come on guys it's chess like come off it how is it not the greatest sport game ever like I would even oh, say it maybe the sake. the best game ever yeah like in general like maybe to be honest it's I so good say, have you played have you played Modern Warfare two mate <laughs> <laughs> um, no but that's an art form no um but no like seriously if I'm if I'm weighing up the two it's difficult because. I love chess and I think like let's just get it out out there early doors like chess it is the goat board game I I, I can't like there's not much we can do about that but I can bullshit but <laughs> there's a lot I like more about risk like if I'm coming about what I like like there are aspects of the chess scene that I find quite difficult I come and go with chess I really heavily dislike the the kind of perpetuated idea and it isn't just an idea because it is kind of true that your ability to play chess is so inextricably linked with your like deemed intelligence. I find that really frustrating and yeah. annoying. And like people like Andrew, T- well, it seems snobby. Well, not snobby. It's just hard. Like it's hard to want to play a game that if you lose the person who's beaten you is like statistically more clever than you. Like it's a difficult, that's not like, true though. it's not true. Yeah. I would that's, say that's not, not true, true at all, but there's this like, it's like memory really, or just, learning how to play chess like if you just know how to play chess you'll be better than someone who doesn't know how to play chess but yeah, it's that's not true do you mean there's like society tells you they're clever exactly like yeah, there's it, this yeah, like, a lot of people this, say yeah there's yeah. this it's idea true, that like the great chess players mm. are like the most intelligent people and it, and that's an idea that's perpetuated by like fucking andrew tate and piers morgan playing chess on his show and being like oh let's it's a man's battle of wit and intelligence and it's like i fucking despise this but I almost don't want to hold that against... Andrew Tate did batter him, though. Yeah, but exactly, but that doesn't mean anything. But yet, like, you're kind of getting a bit of a boner about it. Because it's like, oh, he did beat him, though. Like, that's the thing, like, it does... No, I, I just I just love that two complete cunts are doing something that is competing against each other. I just, yeah, like, I like chess. I kind of love chess. I sporadically will play chess on my phone for, like, two weeks straight and then not play it again because I hate how bad mm-hmm. I am. But like, um, I think it, 
you know, it is the greatest board game of all time. That you. What about Risk though? Do you not love Risk? I love Risk. I should talk about what I love about. What about Risk. the little men? I love They've got Risk. Little men, I like, like the, the way that Risk little, is like armies and shit, mate. No one's played enough Risk for there to be like Risk meta. Like when you like, if two people come <laughs> to play Risk, there's a pretty good chance they've both played about as much Risk as each other. Like you're very unlikely <laughs> to be like, do you want a game of Risk? And then you realise that this guy's played Risk every day high for the last six years, <laughs> but you've not played yeah. Risk since you were six. And now you're going to be shit like yeah. everyone's kind of just played like like you'd be like yeah like i feel like i've played quite a lot of risk i reckon i've probably played less than 10 games of risk in my lifetime but like yeah, yeah so you probably have to read the rule book again yeah. but you wouldn't have to read the chess rule book again would no you? like whereas like chess is like everyone fucking yeah. plays chess it's a yeah but chess is the greatest board game like it just is it's one of those it's one of those in the same way that magnus is the best chess player chess is the best board game like you just can't like it's such a clear and obvious winner i'm sorry michael yeah i thought i would give it a go to try and beat it with risk but never mind but <laughs> fair enough chess is chess yeah. is the goat i've i've got a handcrafted alice in wonderland chess set under my bed that's worth a fucking fortune so what can i say <laughs> i've got a, i've actually got a handcrafted risk set though so it's weird oh, it's... um no i'm joking um that's good like, fucking... oh <laughs> what do you joke about that <laughs> uh, but Vinny, i should probably hand over to you now for our final segment of this show the greatest live tv now fail. that is undefeated but, on this grab but bag. a fantastic live tv fail would be if you hadn't prepared for it <laughs> oh shit yeah no i did prepare sorry <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i was about to say i'm, I'm actually gonna pick i don't care what you guys say i'm actually gonna pick my own answer so i'm i, I win three for three <laughs> i'm gonna pick just me hosting it i've won <laughs> nah. cheeky bastard but um right okay so we all love watching people fail it's such a human thing that we've all experienced. And we get such great ah, satisfaction yes. at just watching people go through the exact same thing that we did. But what's more incredible is when you watch one of these failures on live TV oh. and you know it's mm-hmm. happening right now. When, when I told Luce when, that we yes. were doing this, we literally watched live TV fails on YouTube for like three hours and it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. like it's just fucking delicious. You're just like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's a news anchor accidentally saying fuck on national TV or someone completely blundering their lines live on air, we all love a good live TV fail. But what yeah. is the greatest of them all? I want to go first. Well, it's up, and it's up for Mork and Sebek to let me know. And I'm going to let Sebek go first. Oh. Right, look. I'm on tender hooks. Here's the thing. I There's obviously there's such a smorgasbord of delicious live TV fails out there. But the what there was just as mm. soon as we said it, I knew what I was picking. I have analyzed and overanalyzed this clip for so long. And I just think it's perfect. I think it's the perfect live TV fail, right? So some context. I'm at, the clip I'm about to discuss is a minute long, but it's an absolutely excruciating minute. So the clip I'm about to discuss features a guy called Mike Graham, who's a British radio host known for being a shock jock, which is a shocking disc jockey or someone who likes to say like inflammatory remarks to cause controversy. 
Hmm. And it'll be no surprise that he's gone from working on places like Radio 5 Live to being a part of the Jeremy Vine show where they're like, hey, how do we feel about immigrants? Let's just have people ring in. I think they should all fucking drown in the sea. And then everyone's like, ah, and it just causes controversy. He's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. And it will be no shock that he now works for Talk Radio TV, which is a part of the same group as Talk TV and The Sun, which is owned by... New, what's it a called now? Guns. I think it's called News Britain. They've changed News it a million of... times. It used to be News International, and then they got done for phone hacking, yeah. and then they changed the name. It's the same exact group. They're the same cunts. Don't believe them. It's still Rebecca Brooks. It's still fucking... Um, what's his name? Rupert, Rupert Murdoch. Murdoch. It Rupert yeah, Murdoch? it's still Ooh. all those cunts. Anyway, look... He's hosting an episode of Talk Radio TV, which is on. It is a TV show. I don't know why it's called Talk Radio TV. I, who the fuck knows? Um, okay. But anyway, <laughs> on the episode in question, it was broadcast in 2021, and it featured Mike discussing the various antics of the protest group Insulate Britain. Now, I think we've all come across Insulate Britain. Nope. They're always up to... They're just those guys are like, they're very similar to like Just Stop Oil, but they care about insulating houses. Just, yeah. Well, they don't like No, they love insulating. They think we should all insulate oh. our houses and they'll fucking like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, th- I think we should. Yeah, and I definitely Saves lay money. on a train line for that. Um, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely jump in front of a car on the M25 for but that. They do yeah. that to, to fucking insulate houses. Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah. they get a spokesman on for Insulate Britain, and he's called Cameron Ford. And Cameron is a live wire, mate. He's mm. so well prepared. And look, I'm just going to give you a blow-by-blow of the call. So the call goes like okay. this. Cameron starts the conversation with, Morning, Mike. It's pretty chill. He's, he's, you'd think he'd be on the aggressive. He's here from Insulate Britain, but he's just, Morning, Mike. And Mike responds with, Oh, hello. Like, he's a bit too good for him. He's like, oh, hello. And then tries to catch him off guard early doors with by saying, what are you glued to, Cameron? Which is a relatively clever jibe on the fact that climate activists have a tendency to glue themselves to things. Mm. However, <laughs> yeah. Mike's overcommitted to the attack and he's left himself weak at the back because Cameron replies with immediately, just your screen, unfortunately. Bang. Oh. It's 1-0 Cameron Ford straight off the bat, right? Mike then tries to push back off kickoff with another offensive by saying, what do you do for a living? So he's not, he's not going for him, but he's like passing it around a little bit, trying to gain some possession in the opposition half, trying to it's enticing. Yeah. Him. Trying to, you know, mm. trying to, trying to engage him so that he maybe slips up, but Cameron just absorbs the pressure deep into his own half. And he says, I'm a carpenter. Just lets Mike keep the ball. I'm a carpenter, Mike. What are you going to do with that? Mm. Mark then further commits to the attack, pushes deep into the penalty area, and he says, ah, oh, Carpenter, and how safe is that for the climate? Now, it's hardly... Uh, I know the clip now. It's hardly cutting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Cameron has to push back a little bit, just to, you know, it, it's pushing a little bit close. Oh, you're a Carpenter, how safe is it? It's a good question, you know? There is there's something to discuss there. Cutting down trees. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, so Cameron... Um, Cameron comes back with, well, I work with timber, which is a much more sustainable building material as opposed to concrete. And I think that alone shows that he started to respect Mike a little bit. You know, the attack must be, Mm. it must be freaking about a bit because he's not just coming back with clever jibes. He's actually had to explain himself a bit. Um, But this goes a lot, a lot better than Cameron's expecting uh, because 
he ends up back in Mike's half. And Mike then cuts Cameron off as he was about to explain that he works maintaining old houses rather than building new ones. And he says, well, you work with trees that have been cut down then, don't you? And it's again, it's an interesting point. And Mike has managed to push Cameron back into his own half. He is cutting down trees. How can that be good for the planet? Mm-hmm. Cameron just absorbs the pressure again. You know, he's pressing high, but Cameron's just letting him come to him. And he says, well, it's a, it's a sustainable business practice, Mike. No, it's a sustainable building practice, Mike. And Mike thinks he's got Cameron on the ropes here. And he commits forward. He throws everyone. The wingbacks have come up. They've got like fucking just <laughs> Harry Maguire's holding the fort, right? And he says, well, how is that sustainable if you're killing trees? Cameron seizes the ball because it's regenerative. You can grow trees. Mike, suddenly he's back in his own half and he starts to choke. He loses his nerve. He stumbles over his own words and he replies, right, well, um, you can grow all sorts of things, can't you? Cameron turns him. Into, the, into his penalty area and fires a shot on goal. He says, we can't grow concrete. Now, here's the thing. It's not a savage shot. It's not, it's not firing into the back of the net. That's saveable. You know, Cameron, you know, yeah. Wright could say something. If the keeper's got re- good reflexes, he can tip that over the bar. He could say, well, you know, concrete... Concrete lasts a lot longer than wood, so maybe it's not sustainable. But you're going to cut down less trees in the long hand, long long term, mm. or something like that. Yeah. But the ball, he's fired it straight at the keeper, but the keeper fumbles it, <laughs> and Mike just turns around oh, and no. goes, "Yes, yes, you can." And of course, <laughs> you can't grow concrete. It's two 0 to Cameron. <laughs> Now, Cameron, at this point, he doesn't even respond. He literally just stops talking and lets Mike just stew in his own failure. Mike then accepts defeat, calls the interview to a close after less than a minute with a simple, see you, Cameron, cheerio, and then ends the segment by saying, that was Cameron. He grows trees, then cuts them down and makes things from them. Brilliant. Marvellous. I don't think I ever want to talk to someone. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people again. And so there's something weird about possibly the oldest profession in existence of cutting down trees and making things out of them. Like, what do you mean those people? Carpenters? Like, what does that even mean? Right? Now, you yeah. might think it's all over. That's the end of the match. But fucking Mike, he makes a mistake that many a player's made, many a manager. He tries to rescue it in the post-match interview. He stays on air and then enters Jeremy Vine's show and it gets brought up because it's already going viral and he tries to recover it by saying that what he was referring to was the the fact that concrete grows as it sets. (laughs) That's not good enough. That's not good enough. Because it like, expands. Absolute bollocks. Is that what you mean? Like, what yeah, do you mean? like it what? expands when it sets. Yeah. That's not, that's not good. Yeah, but not like fucking exponentially. That's it doesn't like, grow yeah. up. Like, doesn't grow. It doesn't that's actually like, grow. Yeah, like, it doesn't grow. Like, barely. It might just go. It doesn't even That's really like Fergie making them change much. their shirts at half time. That's appalling. You can't do that. Because they can't see that's, each other. That's yeah. awful. That's a terrible excuse. And that, in my opinion, is the biggest live TV fail of all time. It's awful. Wow. It's hard to watch. And Cameron, he just, he's so quick. He's so ready. It's like the perfect, it, like, he couldn't have got it better if he tried. The only time he slips is where, in the silence, you see him smirk a little bit. 
and you can kind of tell that he's laughing at it. But if he he he's trying to hold it, you can tell he's trying to hold his face still and just look like really blank. But he starts to like shake his head and laugh a little bit. That's the only slip in his performance, and even that, who can fault him? He's two new up. Yeah, you know, it's unbelievable. He's home and he's, drive. He's also he's entered their their sphere. He's gone on talk radio yeah, TV. Yeah. That's like fucking going to Anfield and scoring 2-0 at the cop and then them calling it an end at half time because you've shit them up so badly. Mm. It's unbelievable. That's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that is a legendary clip. I actually it's love the it silence. So much. It's the way he just he doesn't even respond. He's just like <laughs> He's like yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna let you I'm just gonna let this stew. I'm gonna let you think about what you just said. You just said you can grow concrete. The boldest claim ever, and just silence. Like I'm not responding to that. Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> let's all just take a minute and think about what you just said. What you just said, <laughs> and then he's just like, mm. uh, uh, goodbye, Cameron. Cheerio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the way it's like... a bit in the end. It's I don't want to speak it to any of those people ever again. Ever what again. people, yeah. man? Just what people? Yeah, that is actually such a legendary clip. I'm a big fan of that. That's 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 a great pick. Thank you very much. Sam. That is a good pick. Yeah, yeah. That's a good pick. Um, yeah. Other than what I've just said, I don't have anything else to say about it. Other than thumbs up. Um, <laughs> so, so so far, that is the greatest live TV fail of all time. Or is it? Or is it? Yeah. Can you? Uh, do you have any words to say? to defend that mortal i have many words all about my pick um <laughs> well, go ahead do you, does anyone remember that <laughs> show well do, <laughs> we got a, do you remember that <laughs> we got a podcast do you remember episode. that show world's world's most amazing videos yeah do you remember that show world's most amazing videos it was like youtube before youtube like you just tune in and there's like, like loads of random clips was it just shit. like fails of like people like falling down and stuff? it was all just like mad shit and stuff on it. it was like oh look Oh, one time a hurricane stormed through Texas. You won't believe it, and it will show like the same like two second clip, and then it'll like do a cut, and it'll be like slow mo the same after clip after the break. Find out what happened to Texas, and it like cut to the same clip. And it's like you will not believe what happened when this hurricane strikes, and it's like yeah, cut again. And it's that. like fucking sh- show me the fucking hurricane. Yeah, it was good, <laughs> wasn't it? Anyway, yeah. Um, TV fails. You've got your classics. Newsreader wants to cut to reporter. They don't cut. And then newsreader awkwardly shuffles papers. Lol. <laughs> news news reporter is reporting weather in a storm. Umbrella gets blown away. <laughs> Lol. Anything to do with animals being the silly buggers that they are. Lol. Someone falls over on TV. Lol. Oh, you get mate, my drift, no, right? No, come on, though. TV fails are funny. But they're kind of like... <laughs> funny you don't really remember them that much there's not that many iconic ones that get remembered and memed forever there's a few but i know what you mean there's there's, there's so many there's a few and they're all very there's, similar that's what i'm saying the, that it, the they blend together someone falling over i thought of that time that have you seen that one where the wit there's the runners in the snow and they're like it's actually perfect for running because it compacts under your feet and then she runs off and just stacks it and smacks the back of her head that's a great clip. No, I haven't seen that. But that's yeah, funny. we don't know what you're talking about because the market of TV fails is so saturated that it's just something funny. Lol. You may have seen it, you may not, but there's a billion clips. Fairly cheap laughs. They're cheap laughs. But the other day, I was taking a shit. Cool. And I don't know why, for some reason, I just 
I remembered which one was the most iconic. I was like, I, re- I remember the most iconic TV fail. I've got my answer because it took me ages to to think of an answer. And it's one of the most memorable live TV moments of all time. But first, let me introduce you to somebody. A man and a legend by the name of Chris Kamara. <gasps> he was a professional oh. football player in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> he played for a t- he played for a ton of teams. He made this, the most amount of appearances for Brentford. Come on, you but please. He's most famous. This is before anybody fucking knew who they were, mate. But <laughs> he's most famous for his live TV punditry. Hmm. And one day, when he was working for Sky, they had a bright idea. They were like, "We always report about the games from the studio." But what if we had someone at the ground that we could cut to and just talk random stuff? So they were like, let's send Cammy to the stadium and we'll cut to him and he'll tell us live updates about the game from the game. And yes, Chris Kamara was the first person to do this. It was, was their idea. He was, he was the first no reason. Yep, he was the first reporter to cut to the stadium in England and do it. Surely and not the world. In England. I don't yeah. know about the world. Definitely yeah. in England. Um, and yeah, they did it. It was a bit shit at first, but they worked out all the stuff and it became a staple and it's iconic and it happens everywhere now. Like it's just, it's the thing that you do when you report live sports. Yeah. And obviously over the years, Cammy's been doing this a long time. He's had a few blunders. Mm-hmm. He messes up some names, you know, you might miss a goal, you know, they cut to him and he hasn't seen the goal because it's like, they're like a little bit behind the delay. And, you know, he's, he's got really funny observations as well. Like, he's a wordsmith. So one time he said that the Tottenham players were fighting like beavers when they were having their North London derby against <laughs> Arsenal, which is classic and hilarious. Um, but he's also got great moments as well. The phrase, unbelievable, Jeff, mm. was born through Chris Kamara's mouth. Iconic. And he, he would actually only spit it a few times. Like he would say, like, they would cut to him. They'd be like, Chris Kamara, what's going on? Arsenal have gone 2-0 up. And he'd say, unbelievable. What a goal by Henri. But the actual unbelievable Jeff is like twice he said it, right? Mm. But it became an absolute iconic. Uh, it became an absolute icon. But the most iconic. And the greatest TV fail of all time came on the 3rd of April 2010 when Portsmouth were playing Blackburn. During the match, Jeff Selling asks Cammy, We're off to Fratton Park where there's been a red card, but who's it for, Chris Kamara? And this is where Cammy says the genuinely iconic and infamous I don't know, Jeff, has there? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I must have missed that. The studio is fucking bedlam. What? What has he just said? <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on, so they ask him again, Cammy, what's going on? There's been a sending off. I don't know, Jeff. He just, he just doesn't know. He doesn't know who's been sent off. Just that phrase. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just so funny. He has got no idea who's been sent off. 
it is just incredible scenes. You can even hear like the camera woman, the camera woman laughing. The producers are laughing. Everybody's going mental. How is is there? What would you mean? I don't know. That is not a response to a question live on television. It's absolutely the best blunder on live television ever. Yes, it might not be so ha ha funny as a news reporter reporting about cows and it accidentally nibbles her shirt. Lol. No, it it it's more simple than that. He just simply doesn't know, but it's become a fucking icon. The phrase of I don't know, Jeff, will go down in history forever. It'll be mean forever. Everybody knows it. Even if you don't know fuck all about football, you will know the phrase unbelievable Jeff or I don't know, Jeff. It's easily the goat because of the longevity that it has. Um, And I found back to back sports bible articles with on this day 10 years ago chris kamara said this and then i found on this day 11 years ago chris kamara said this so they know what's up they know it's so iconic every year you know we got to do it on this day 68 years ago they'll be doing in like i don't know 120 years whatever it works out to be and we're still talking about it right now and Lastly, quick shout out to Cammy because he's an absolute fucking legend. I love him. And he came out last year to talk about his struggles with speech apraxia. So it slows his speech down and he slurs his words a lot. And he had to, he was forced to step down from Sky Sports, which is heartbreaking because Cammy's a fucking legend. He's given us mm. the iconic moment. So big up Cammy. And I don't know, Jeff is the GOAT live TV fail of all time. We're off to Fratton Park where there's been a red card, but for who, Chris Kamara? I don't know, Jeff, has it? I must have missed that. Red card. <laughs> Chris, have you not been watching? I haven't. I don't know where that's come from, Chris. I have no idea what has happened there. What's happened, Chris? Uh, I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The rain must have got in my eyes, Jeff. <laughs> Chris, Chris, let me tell you, according, according to our sources, Anthony Van den Boer has been sent off for a second bookable offence. Get, get your fingers out and count up the number of Portsmouth players who are on the field. No, you're right. I saw him go off, but I thought they were bringing a sub on, Jeff. <laughs> as professional as ever, Cammy. Still nil nil. Cutting edge reports on Gillette Soccer Saturday. Also, I never knew this, but um, I listened to him on it's probably Ben Foster's podcast, but it might have been it might have been Jack Mate's one, maybe. But he was he he went for a meeting about like getting fired for that, like like it was like really like they it was quite bad, really. really? And then it got went like really viral, and everyone was saying it, and everyone kind of thought it was really funny, and they like. It wasn't that he was going to get fired, but they like his contract was up or something like that. So like they were kind of just going to let him go. Oh, should we renew it? Because you're kind of like not really in it. But yeah. then because of that, his contract like got renewed, and he was like became like a staple on Sky Sports. And yeah, incredible. I love Cammy. Mm. Also, when he came out and said that he 
because he he wasn't forced to say he he stepped down voluntarily like he he there was no there yeah, was no yeah. pressure he, it, it forced him he felt forced to he said he was he forced himself to step down but then like the response thing, yeah. from football fans for that was incredible like there was banners at, like every yeah, stadium was, yeah. saying like you're unbelievable cammy we fucking love you and all this stuff so yeah because we love him nah, he's a great guy and what a moment what a moment mm. i just realized i'm not hosting Sorry, Finney. <laughs> <laughs> you could say it was unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> Back to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that genuinely is like in terms of like English broadcasting, like football broadcasting for sure, but English broadcasting, yeah. I, I feel like even just yeah, in England, I think it's super super iconic. Like. It's just so fucking funny. That's, I mean, it's just that like it's with like, live TV fails, it's so much more iconic than just like, haha, look, this news reporter said twat. Yeah, you know, it's like it's just it's iconic. It's, yeah. it's it's like it's it's just so incredible because like every get most games, the vast majority of games, you'll see a goal and like yeah. But like red cards are like they're quite, they're they're pretty uncommon. They're a little bit on the they're rare very side. They're a little bit on the rare they're side. Probably the, so. one of the most uncommon occurrences in a normal football game. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So to just completely miss that <laughs> and have your and have your pants completely pulled down on live TV yeah. and you, you they and it's literally your, your job. Your only job is to watch it and everyone sees your cock fucking waving in the wind it's also just like he's got one job it's watch the game yeah yeah what else is he doing tell us what happened the most important part of the game he's just blinked for like 30 seconds straight and it just completely went past him (laughs) oh god it's so good so like it's it's almost difficult to compare the two because I feel like the first clip that Sebek was talking about, like it's quite recent, isn't it? Like how recent are we talking? 20, 2021. Yeah, so it hasn't... Two years. So it hasn't... Bec- it's not as like... for At least for English people, I don't think it's as like I- iconic because it hasn't had the years to like cement mm. itself as like a legendary status. But saying that... We're trying to decide what the greatest of all time is and not the greatest English thing of all time is. And so I don't know if, like, you know, it's super iconic for English people, but, like, I don't know, like, if fucking Spanish people know about it. I don't fucking know. Probably they don't at all. They probably have something on their side that's, like, equally iconic for them. Mm. And they're like, oh, surely everyone knows about this. And it's a very similar situation, whatever. But we don't know. We don't fucking know at all because we're laughing at Cammy. He's he's a he's a national hero, but he's not a an international hero. You know what I'm saying? Wait, what? So, what I'm saying is, it's really really <laughs> difficult <laughs> to pick up from these two. Is what I'm saying. Um, right. But like going back to your clip, Sebek, I I just think it's so fucking unbelievably funny that this guy got this other guy on and he's like, right, I'm prime and ready. I'm going to, it's going to be a big gotcha moment. I'm going to make him look like a massive arsehole on TV. He's going to fucking piss his pants on live TV. Only for him to fucking piss his pants on live TV. It's the ultimate reversal. It's the ultimate interview very, very quickly. (laughs) It's just unbelievable, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's why you've got a crown cami yeah but unbelievable jeff isn't the moment this dude we're talking about today that's just like a great line that he says so with a heavy heart 
<laughs> I'm afraid to be honest it to be honest it sort of even more so boils down to what I just find funnier and I kind of just even though like the I don't know Jeff is iconic and I've seen it a trillion times the fucking cement grows is so funny <laughs> everything about that is so fucking outrageously funny and like he gets his come up and so quickly like so quickly it takes like, place like over snap. less than a minute mm. that whole thing is a minute long from start to finish it it's is un- just a it train crash unreal. and also like <laughs> what's incredible is like you is such a like picture of his personality because he is contrarian before he even knows what he's like arguing mm. against like you can't go concrete yes you can like he hasn't even thought he's just like it's just like a it's just like a reflex to just yeah. Like, yes you can yeah and then, <laughs> and then he just like that's like the bad fart it is just let it go it's like Ooh, what's that <laughs> so yeah I, I i with a heavy heart i will be crowning the you can grow cement <laughs> moment as the greatest live live TV oh, fail, right. but that's not to say like I fucking love the Cami moment. That it's 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 a part of English TV history for sure, for absolutely for certainty. Like both great picks. I feel like I feel like you're gonna reverse this and be like, "Ha, live TV fail!" It really is. I don't know, Jeff. Wait, <laughs> I read the wrong cue card. <laughs> uh, do you remember? Actually, yeah. Do you remember when that? What? Who's that dude with the big bushy beard? Steve Harvey. Yeah, that fucking idiot read the wrong name for that. That oh, would have been a great actually as well. Because oh, that, that was huge. damn it. Oh my that god, was beyond cringe. We didn't do when fucking Will Smith punched Chris Chris Rock. We didn't even mention that. That's not a live TV fail. That's like an unbelievable yeah, moment. That's yeah, that's not really a fail. No one failed. Well, Madonna's Madonna's cape getting snagged at the Brit Awards and her tumbling down the stairs was a pretty big fail too. That happened. Yeah. Yeah, in like 2016, I reckon. Wow. <laughs> On live TV. Well, but it doesn't Brutal. matter because we crown concrete can't grow, so all these other ones must be shit. It's true. It's very that's true. That's the name of the game. And that's the name of the game. shit. <laughs> <laughs> no second Jeff. place here. Um. <laughs> but anyway. There are only winners and losers. So anyway, that was uh, that was the fourth grab bag special, uh, the revenge or the return, whatever the fuck we decide to call it. Um, I think it was absolutely so fun to record. What do you boys think? I had a great time. <laughs> yes, thanks, mate. Yeah, that was that was. Thanks, um, mate. Um, <laughs> I um. I can't believe I lost everything. <laughs> I can't believe I won everything. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was good fun. I'm not sure what we're doing next episode. We don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> Until like a day before. <laughs> That's how we roll in this industry. <laughs> you'll know. But you'll You'll know. We don't know. You'll know when it comes out at some point, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, if you like that, please give us a five star review on uh, Apple Podcast. So without further ado, love you bye. Love you goodbye. Say how long that is. If I can make some stuff to death. <laughs> Love you, bye. I'm not doing great life either. Well, so death. <laughs> uh. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.